Welcome back, everybody. Um, it's good to be here. I was here last October with uh, uh, Lead Worship uh, when Pastor Lucas was out of town. So I met some of you then, um, but uh, met more of you this time and got to participate in the festival yesterday. And we'll stop, stop by there uh, today, too, um, before I hit the road. But again, it's a, a blessing and a privilege to be here and be a part of your worship service today. The sermon is going to be based on that first reading uh, that Pastor read from Romans. Uh, also, the children's sermon was kind of based on that Romans section, putting on our daytime clothes. I'll reread uh, a couple of the verses throughout the course of the sermon. So sleep ex experts will tell you that if you want to get a good night's sleep, if you want to get into a, you really got to get into a good pattern. And that means going to bed at about the same time every night and waking up in the morning at about the same time each uh, morning as well. Of course, they'll also tell you that the worst way to wake up in the morning is through some loud, blaring alarm clock. Because that just disturbs the whole sleep pattern that is why you are groggy and might need coffee and are disorientated wake up. Instead, what they say, the best way to wake up is not through noise, but through light. And then there's a way to do that nowadays with smart technology, where you can get kind of a, a reverse dimmer switch and, and set it to a timer, where even if it's dark outside and you need to wake up, you set that, that reverse dimmer switch so that gradually it gets brighter and brighter in your room and more gently and more gradually you wake up for the day. Now, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 13 is also talking about waking up. He's talking about waking up from spiritual slumber and putting on your daytime clothes. So he also talks about waking up to the light, though he's not really talking about sunshine, or is he? Because he's talking about all of us being awake and alive and ready through the bright, shining light of the Son of God. And so we're going to take a look at that this morning and, and, and see what it means to put our daytime clothes on as as pastor said before put on our daytime clothes he calls them the armor of light so that we're ready to to love and live for our neighbors our friends the people in our community by sharing the light of the good news of jesus and all that kind of begins in this last section of romans 13 where where the Apostle Paul says this, and do this understanding the present time. And the this that he's telling us to do, the do this, we've got to back up a few verses, and there we'll find a section where Paul talks about the continuing debt to love one another. Now, that $10,000 that people are getting towards their student loans, that's going to help, right? It's going to help pay off some student loans. The, the 20 or 30 years that some of you might have on your mortgages, eventually, 
Hopefully, God willing, you pay that off one day and, and you are debt free. And if you owe credit card debt, then you probably should refinance so that you're not paying 18% interest and you get that paid off. But there's always going to be one debt that will never pay off as long as we're alive here on earth. And that is the debt to be a loving, a kind, and compassionate person to everyone you meet. Now we'll talk about the how that's supposed to happen and the why and even some of the what's in a moment. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about the second phrase that Paul opened up with here. He goes, and do this, love one another, understanding the present time. And then he goes on to explain what the present time is and what he means exactly. He says, the hour has come to for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed the night is nearly over the day is almost here we are living at a time where our salvation the day of our final redemption the day of judgment when Jesus comes to bring us home when that day is nearer now than it's ever been it's nearer today than it was yesterday, and it's more close now than it was an hour ago. Now that's true of any time, anywhere, of all of time, but boy, if the Apostle Paul wrote these words 2,000 years ago, then now, today, in 2022, we are even closer to that day. And, and that day is something that is talked about uh, throughout Scripture, including Jesus' words in that reading from Matthew that we heard earlier. And, and just like the time of Noah, and people were just sort of living their lives and not really expecting a flood to cover the whole earth, Jesus says that's how it's going to be right before he comes again people are going to be going to festivals and listening to music and eating good food and getting married and raising families. And they're just going to kind of go through life as if it's, it's just another regular week or day or month. They'll just be living normal lives like we all are. But Jesus also tells believers in his words, there are a few signs you can look for. So in other parts of Scripture including in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus will talk about those signs. He'll, he, he describes them as those, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. So there's going to be fighting uh, in our country, in the world, uh, and threats of violence and destruction. There's going to be natural disasters, earthquakes, famines. We're going to hear about them more and more. These are signs that the end is, is approaching. He talks about people, believers, falling away from the faith. More and more people that once trusted and believed in God's word are now going to be doubting it and maybe even dismissing it. And then he says, the love of most will grow cold. So maybe now we're kind of seeing why it is that Christians need to be set apart from that. Why we need to be so 
loving and, and helping and willing to help and giving of ourselves to others and, and, and other causes and, and just being a, a, a forgiving person that isn't always trying to retaliate or, or feel like you're hurt and you need to hurt back. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons because the rest of everyone else is going to be growing colder and more hateful and more hurtful. And so we, we recognize that that's the time that we're living in. It, it doesn't take a sleep scientist for us to realize that right now we're in those times. Right now we're, we're living at an age when, when people are living for themselves and, and, and there's more division than there is acceptance and, and, and love and peace and harmony and humility. And, and so now that we know that the present time is the time for us to put on our clothes, to put on our armor of light, our daytime clothes, and wake up and realize that, and then we look to, to Jesus' words, we look to the Apostle Paul who tells us, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. I read recently that young people are considering or even vowing to not have children. Young married couples, they don't want to bring children in the world, at least some of them. They say it's too dangerous, it's too expensive. They're, they're worried about the future of, of the climate and the world, and, and they're worried about disease and starvation. And they're, and they're saying, I don't think the world's going to get any better and so uh, I'm just not going to bring children into that world. And they could be right. It, even the Bible says the love of most is going to grow colder and colder. But I don't think you need to pull the shades and curl up with the covers and lay back down to bed. I think now is the time to get up to get dressed, to wake up and, and live and love your neighbor. And the first way to do that is to put on the clothes of Christ. Now, I'm one of those guys that doesn't have very good fashion sense. I get in trouble when I'm traveling and my wife isn't there to tell me whether something looks good or not. But, but I think all of us probably have a pretty good, whether we have a sense of fashion or not, we know what looks good on other people. We know uh, something that, oh, wow, that's a, that's a beautiful dress, that's a, a nice shirt. And, and nothing looks more beautiful than wearing the clothes of Christ. And, and what are the clothes of Christ? Well, they're his character, they're his nature, which is, which is all love. And it's perfection, and it's purity. It's called righteousness. It's the right way to act. It's the right way to think. It's the right way to be. And it's pure and it's holy and it's clean and it's compassionate and it's kind we want to wear those clothes but we often realize we're wearing the, the, the a, a ragtag wardrobe of our own filth and dirt and rudeness and selfishness and so the first thing we do is we put on his forgiveness in fact jesus gives us his his clothes, his 
clothes of righteousness and purity and cleanness. He just covers us with them. So that's how we look like to him. That's why we know when the end comes, we'll be welcomed into heaven. We're wearing his clothes. He took our sins away on the cross. He then exchanged and put his clothes on us. But until that day comes, we want to keep those clothes on. And, and here's, again, what the Apostle Paul talks about and, and gives us a little further description. He says, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Okay, that's something that's easy to do, right? That second thing, gratify the desires of our sinful nature, that comes easy to us. We know what we like and what makes us happy. But we want to put on the clothes of Christ now that it's daytime, now that we're living in this present time, now is the time to start living for others and do what makes them happy and what helps them. And that includes sharing the bright shining light of Jesus. I'm back living in the town that I spent 15 years as a pastor in Colorado, and I've been asked to start a Bible study there as we hope to one day start a new mission church in Colorado Springs. And I was asked to do it because I think, in large part, I know a lot of people in that town, people I've met in the past, and many of them don't have a church. They've maybe fallen away a little bit from Jesus and are no longer connected to his word. And so I sent out an invitation to a bunch of them, including a guy I knew 35 years ago. I worked at a paint factory with him when I was going to school. And through the magic of Facebook, we, we reconnected about seven or eight years ago. And just about this spring, he, he sends me a message and says, are you still living in Colorado Springs? Because we're moving there. My wife and I are moving there. And so we got together. Our, our wives got together. We shared laughs. We had fun. And a month or two later is when this Bible uh, study started. And I knew that he didn't have a church or wasn't much of a churchgoer. I don't know that we had too many conversations about Jesus, about faith. And so I threw it out there. I invited him, but I did one of these invitations where you do it on a text and, and you bring up other things. Hey, how's your move going? Gotten any hiking in? By the way, I'm starting this Bible study. I don't know if that's something you and your wife might be interested in. And he answered me and he said, the move's been going well and we've got some good hikes in, but nothing about the Bible study. So about a week or two later, again, kind of pinged him with one of those, hey, we should get together again sometime. The, the place where this Bible study is going to be, by the way, is, is my friend's uh, microbrewery. And he's got a room upstairs, and he says, you can use that. It might be a good disarming place to hold a, a, a Bible study for people that, eh, they haven't been in church for a while. So we got together at that brewery. Or we, let's get together again. By the way, did you get that Bible study invite? 
He goes, yeah, we should get together and have a beer sometime. Maybe we can watch a football game. Nothing about the Bible study. So now it's two days before the Bible study, and I just said, hey, Larry, you haven't really responded to the Bible study invitation. Is that mean? Yeah, I'm coming for sure. Why are you even asking? Or please leave me alone. I go, I don't care. Either way, I'm going to be your friend. And he waited about a day and then wrote this big long of a text. And he told me about the one and only time he had ever been to a Bible study. He went. He felt like an idiot because he didn't know what they were talking about. And the one time he raised his hand and asked something or said something, everybody laughed at him. And then he told me about, well, I you know, used to live in Knoxville. And he went to this church and he tried that one, but nothing really fit. And he ended that whole big, long explanation, opening up to me like crazy, and then just wrote, and ever since then, I've been homeless. So I thought, okay, I can work with that. And I said, I'll tell you what, you know me. It, it, I promise not to call on you or make you answer anything. And if you really don't like what's going on, just head downstairs and have a beer, and I'll talk to you after the Bible study. And he came. He came with his wife. His wife asked all sorts of questions. He even raised his hands and talked once. And I'm so glad I did that. And that's really the point of the whole story because I was scared. I, I, I am risking a friendship here. I, I could probably just talk sports and, and craft beers and, and hikes with this guy forever, but it's daytime. And soon enough, Jesus is returning, and I needed to reach out to this guy. And I think we all need to realize that, that God's placed connections in our lives. I never imagined I'd get in touch with this guy again, never imagined I'd be living in the same city as him, never imagined that I'd be able to invite him to a Bible study. But who are the people in your life that God has amazingly put you in touch with? Now is the time to extend that invitation. You know, there was something else I read in that article, uh, all that sleep science. I read that well, you've probably had one of those times where you set the alarm because, man, you've got something really important coming up that day. It, it might be a flight that's, that's early in the morning. It might be uh, an important thing at work that you just absolutely cannot mi miss. Maybe, maybe it's a guest preaching appearance and you never sleep well in a motel and yet you've got to wake up at a certain time. And guess what? You wake up five minutes before your alarm rings. Or maybe even one minute. And there's a science to that about how your brain starts sending signals and a hormone kicks in and rises and it increases until you realize it's time to wake up. I think we have that with what the Bible says about what time it is and everything we know about the love of Christ. That has got us awake before our alarm clock goes off. And now that we're awake, it's time to put on the clothes of Christ and, and love our neighbor and, and keep being a friend and send out some invitations. And even if they say no or ignore us, we keep being their friend and we set ourselves apart from the rest of a cold world and we are loving and living for 
patient and kind people. And that way we are indeed letting our light shine, the bright sunshine of the Son of God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds always in Christ Jesus. I think right now is the time for the uh, offering, and I'll let Pastor Lucas explain all of that stuff.